Hello and welcome to Love Unlocks. It is Thursday and it's time again for Love Unlocks. For those of you who have been following us from the start, you will you would have noticed that I've gone from five interviews a week to two <laughs> and that this week we uh, we had our first lady guest, which was my beautiful wife, on Tuesday. And today we have our second guest who is a lady and that is the beautiful Rochelle Liedemann. But before we get to that, I want to just remind you why we do this. Love Unlocks live sessions are all about hearing stories from amazing people that I know that have had an impact on my life in some form and and on many other people's lives. Some of them you'll know, some of them you may not know, but they all have had an amazing impact on my life and people that I look up to that I'm inspired by. And the whole point of this is to share the stories of how God's love has unlocked their lives. And, uh, And I'm trusting that in every story, at least one of you Hopefully, many of you will find hope, inspiration, and motivation to go another day. So, And it's brought to you by our ministry called Love Key, where we minister wholeness to families and unity to the body of Christ. And our belief is that a healthy nation is built on healthy families, and healthy families is built upon Jesus. So I love to talk to people who feel the same way, who are also excited about that. Uh, thank you for everyone logging on. Hello, people. I can see you. Rensha, Aiden. Uh, Dillian, Aiden, Morgan, uh, Berend, Elmeri, Susan, Anel. Hello, Yella. So good to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Um, so my guest today is a very, very talented singer, radio, TV presenter. She is married to an amazing guy. She's got beautiful kids. She is uh, someone I've worked with many times before. It's Rochelle Liedemann. You can see there she is very active with her husband, runs in the mountains. She's got a beautiful family, three kids. Uh, she is comes alive on stage. I've shared a stage with her before. Please give a big round of applause for the super talented and beautiful Rochelle Liedemann. Woo! And the crowd goes wild. Oh man, what an absolute privilege to be here. Yay. And I must say, normally I'm the one asking the questions, so I'm a bit on the nervous side today. I, must, I know. I, I have turned the tables on you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm hoping that you will just have a great time. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We would like this to, to go out to as many people as possible. Uh, so that's why we do this mainly in English. But if you know, if we th- if you want to say something in Afrikaans, please feel free to do so. No problem at all. I will translate if no, I have to. I'm uh, speaking the, the tale all day long, you know. So <laughs> now I need to start thinking in English. I speak it very deliciously, yes. <laughs> All right, so, so how, how I normally do this is we, we do some icebreaker, getting to know you questions, and then we move into a bit more of the deeper stuff, the testimony stuff. Um, so I would love to, I always like to start with, with marriage, with relationship, with kids and all that stuff. So I would love to know, and I'm sure the people out there would love to know, how long have you guys been married? Oh, this year, can you believe it? It's going to be 2020 and it's 20 years. No way. <laughs> that is super special. What is that? A, a, a silver, a gold, a platinum? Oh, what know. is that? You have to buy something. I, I think 25 years is silver. Oh, yeah. So this is close to silver, from bronze to silver. But you should get at least one diamond, right? 
<laughs> oh my goodness that's awesome and um and then i would i oh what was your maiden name or are, are you liederman and you have another name now i can't remember yes i am i'm liederman okay and i'm liederman I've got a on your barrel. on your would, ID, okay. But on stage, you're Liederman. All right, okay. I was I wasn't sure. I should have done my research better, but now now we all know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, but that's a beautiful surname. I love that surname because you're, Yo. you sing and you know your surname. It's like it's perfect. Woman. Say again. Leader, leader, woman. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Beautiful. Okay, so I love to know the the meet cute moment like they say in the movies for for you and your hubby and how long from meeting till him popping the question Ooh, that wasn't long but anyway i'll tell you the story so okay. we met because he's also a guitarist and he wrote a lot of my previous album songs and we met basically at church where they asked me if i don't want to help him to lead some worship and um we were sitting upstairs in the one of the prayer rooms and Jamie completely lost it. He just fell in love with me wow. at that stage. Wow. I was dating another guy. So I was like, no, 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 no. Whole guy. Can I just, um, can I interject for a second? Was it not the church people kind of setting you up there or not at all? Because <laughs> it sounds like a setup a little bit. It might be. <laughs> I will never be able to say because I'm friends. Yes, all right. All right. Um, okay, and then we started dating for about three months or so, um, uh, and then uh, you know that awkward phase, like oh, this is this friendship is going into a serious relationship, but it's making me feeling a bit uncomfortable. So let's just give one another some time, and then we said, okay, cool, let's date. So we dated for three months, and six months later we were engaged, um, and eight months later we got married. Amazing. Okay, but I have to know, how did he propose to you? And, did, were, oh, you, and were you surprised or did you know it was coming at some point? No, I didn't know it was coming because the first time he tried, it failed completely. <gasps> um, no way. Oh, please, <laughs> please tell us about that. <laughs> that evening, he wanted to take me up Table Mountain and do the whole thing there and then the storm came in just like Cape Town oh. is it's like four seasons in one day um, and then he took me to the waterfront and he took me to a specific place <laughs> that my ex-boyfriend and myself always used to sit down <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing oh man and that's and then he said, "Okay, no, well, it's not going to work." Because I told him, "This is the, you know, I still remember yeah. me sitting here with this boyfriend of mine." Oh my goodness! And a week later, he took me to Groot Constantia, and we had a beautiful dinner. And then we went because he's very romantic, and I'm not. Um, and I was, that's we were standing. I know. I was standing under the trees, and he heard the dove cooing, and he said to me, "Michelle." It's time. I said, yeah, it's time to go home. I'm really tired. Trying to create the moment. And, um, and then he says, no. And then he went down on his knee and he asked me, will you marry me? So I was 22 then. 
22. And, um, wow. 20, eight months later, I turned 22. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Uh, and now it's and 20 it's, years later and it's 2020. That's, that's a lot of twos in your life. Wow. Double portion. I like it. <laughs> I, I like it. it. <laughs> Richelle, have you always been a girl from the Cape? Is that your home, born yeah. and bred? Have you moved around? Vida, Vida, my second, that is my town, my land, my folk, my main, sir. <laughs> and Elsie's Refuge, so Elsie's that's where Refuge, I am. Yes. Yes, you're awesome. I normally say Elzara Vara just to make it sound <laughs> a bit more popular. <laughs> It's like it's, it's like when my wife buys uh, clothes at Ackerman. She says, "No, it's AC Kermans. Bought it at AC Kermans." So. <laughs> or MA Crow. We got some clothes from MA oh. Crow. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, all right. So you are a performer. You've been on many stages, many shows, many events. You've done many worship events, all that kind of stuff. I think we've done a couple of sco spells together and stuff like that. But I know that sometimes, especially when things are live, things can go wrong. Um, so I would love to know if you can recall a embarrassing moment on stage throughout your career, or maybe more than one. <laughs> There's one specific one that I do remember. So, um, and it is, it, it is PG rated, but I will say... <laughs> I was underdressed, so that helps. So if you an underdressed means that you've got garments under the clothes that you have on. Okay. So we this was very in the early beginning stages of my singing career, and we did a show at a theater in Musenberg. And as I was busy singing, I remember feeling something warm around my ankles, and I never had I had a short dress on. And my underdress was a tight-fitting dress. Um, and I just felt this, like, something around my ankle. And I heard the crowd cheering. And I thought, wow, you know, I'm really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Raj. And it was my top dress busy falling off. So <laughs> that was probably my most embarrassing. Oh, no. Ever. That's hectic. <laughs> what did you do? How did you handle that? I mean, show must, must go, go on. Absolutely. That is that is the and best way to handle it. Oh, it was an eight star home. I threw that dress like the Ochele and the crowd and yeah, I just kept on singing. Were, were you doing like a Tina Turner number or what was happening at the moment? One of those, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my word. I can only imagine. Sheesh. Thank God for undergarments. Sure. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a pretty good one. It's a, I don't think you can top that one. <laughs> no, 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 nothing can top that one. <laughs> and, and in our business, we, we travel a lot. You travel a lot. You, you go, uh, you know, you do a lot of stuff up in the north of the country, all over, I'm sure. Um, what, is the, what is the one thing of maybe two, three things that you absolutely love about traveling to go around and, and do what you do best? I love meeting different people, new people that I haven't met before, mm. and especially on a flight. I do. There's some days that I enjoy just being by myself and not talking to any, anybody. Yeah. But I can't wait to, to climb on that first flight again and go travel, whether it's to Johannesburg or wherever, yes. and and sitting and chatting to an absolute stranger next to me and ask God, like, okay, so what? 
what what can I say today that will lighten up their day? That's amazing. And I, so that that's awesome. Um, I love doing new shows um, that that I've never done before, um, and where you're a bit where you're a bit challenged in certain ways. Mm. And I I find that I in those situations I grow. You know, um, it's not yeah yeah that's that's lacquer for me. And then on the opposite end, what do you not enjoy about traveling or absolutely hate about traveling? <laughs> Food. Ah, um, certain, yes. Um, that I don't eat or that I don't like. People uh, don't have tolerance if you say, okay, I don't drink um, normal milk. So I only drink lactose-free milk because it yeah. makes me bloat. Yeah. Or I don't eat bread, normal bread. I eat sourdough, so I don't get <laughs> And they yeah. don't understand. Marcella, you're a diva. You're a diva. Stop your nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my word. Okay, can I can, just yeah, yeah, No, I, I just want to say because normal bread gives me reflux and that affects my vocal cords. Can't sing. And, and you can't sing. Mm. You understand? It's a good reason. So it's not... Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's such a it's such a challenge to explain certain things like that. So, from all your travels, I want to know. I've I've been doing research on this matter because yes. I think I think there is a in somewhere in the eighties or nineties, someone sent out a memo to every small yeah. town and school and church that's hosting an artist and told them this is the meal that you give <laughs> traveling artists. I wanna Please don't give it to Tanya. Please don't give it to I knew it. Lasagna in Greekse slai. Lasagna and Greek salad. For some reason, everyone thinks this is banned food. This is artist food. Lasagna. Now, I like a good lasagna. I don't have a problem with it in, in general. And a Greek salad is great. But it really feels like someone decided... This is what you give the artists when they visit. It's amazing. I understand. I understand why they do that because I'm a mother of three and it's bulk food, yeah. basically. So yeah. More than yeah. enough food and it can keep for about two to three days. So there's not, you know, it doesn't get sour quickly or anything like that. So I understand why they do that. I do have You're compassion. You're such a nice, reasonable person. Well done. I'm impressed. Uh <laughs> I, I grew up in a home where my mom makes lasagna in a way that's very intricate and takes a lot of time. So I always thought, wow, these people went to a lot of trouble. And then I found out now there are other recipes for lasagna. That, that's a lot quicker. Anyway, so you, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't actually know this about you, so I'm taking a chance. But I'm assuming you've done some international travel. Yeah, I have. What is... So, what what countries or cities have you visited that you like absolutely loved and want to go back? And which cities or countries do you still want to go to? That's on your bucket list. Okay, yeah, not not which countries I don't like because I'm not going to say that. No, then no, no. Maybe they won't invite me. No, we don't go I there. <laughs> I've um, I've been in Amsterdam a few times and Holland and I absolutely love it, especially wow. in the springtime because it is absolutely beautiful. Awesome. Um, I, I would love to do Europe. Um, I haven't traveled in Europe yet and I would love uh, the people from London 
and England to invite me over. And then I've been to Scotland. Scotland's been amazing. I think it's their history that's so rich. And that's where all of the missionaries um, that came to South Africa came from there. Many of them, God, it was it was like full circle to me, basically going back there. And um, when I was younger, I was brought up in the Moravian Church. So a lot of uh, the missionaries from the Moravian Church were guys from Scotland that was brought over to South Africa. So that was very interesting for me and very enriching. That's I would so love cool. to go to um, Nashville, obviously. Yes. For many reasons. You will love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and America, I've been in Canada. I haven't been singing in Canada, but we um, we visited there, and that's also the people's extremely kind um, and really, really, they lovely people. Yeah, so awesome. And, and a and a family holiday destination you guys want to do? Yeah, definitely. We would love because we've got um, teenagers and a tween. Um, they are much older now and i would like to do a europe trip with them cool because uh, james um family he's uh, half of his family's german blood so we would like to go find out where you know they come from yeah so that we can yeah you know if, if you know where you're coming from you know where you're going check so that roots. would be great that's awesome mm, check brilliant not these roots. <laughs> all right couple of favorites favorite movie yes. Oh, I'm not a big movie fan. I'm not a big movie watcher, actually. Okay. So, you, but you've watched more than one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> which one? Which one of the two that you like the most? <laughs> <laughs> I like um, I like romantic movies. So Notting Hill was lovely. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah, it's a very old movie. The recent ones. I'm watching a lot of series. Yeah, I think most people uh, are. At, yes. But that is my second that is my second question about favorites is favorite TV show or series. So you can go yeah. there. So at the moment I'm going I'm watching Chesapeake's Shore and that's like I'm enjoying that. It's nice and clean and beautiful fun and my big favorite that I couldn't I couldn't stop watching it was Rain. R E I G N. Oh yeah, that's a f that. about the young queen, right? Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So it was very, was was really good. I watched it with my teenage daughter because she's a very strong personality, and um, I told her what is right and what's not right <laughs> when we watch. <laughs> you need to be that that PG filter uh, while you watch it with her. <laughs> yeah. It's hectic. They, we have to do that, but you have to do that. So while you are watching your favorite TV show, what is your favorite food that you eat while watching your favorite? I'm just, I'm kidding. Your favorite food. <laughs> um, I enjoy a beautiful ribeye steak. Yes. With a um, I... I've just recently discovered, obviously in lockdown, there's a lot of things that I discovered about myself. I never thought I could do it. Um, and uh, my favorite to make at the moment is the rusks. And it is the, I'll put it on my page and you can get the recipe. One of my very good friends shared it with me. Biscuit. 
And then um, I made like brioche. That is definitely one of my favorite breads at the moment. Brioche. Well done. <laughs> very posh. So nice. <laughs> so I love yeah, it. It was very delicious. And then after mm. you've had your ribeye steak and your brioche, what what is your favorite dessert to have, you know, following that beautiful meal? Peppermint crisp. Haha. <laughs> Nestle. Oh, like the actual <laughs> chocolate bar you get. <laughs> all right, all right. What you bite on the one kant, and you bite on the other kant, and then suck in the milk there, and then you peppermint crisp milky, and then obviously Tim Tams is the absolute favorite, where you have it with coffee, and you also bite it on both sides, and you. You suck it through the the coffee and it just melts in your mouth. Mm. That's one of the that's one of the main discoveries I made in life through my wife. Before Aletta, yeah. I've n- I never heard about Tim Tams. I, I don't know how I missed out on it, <laughs> but never knew about it. And then she introduced me to Tim Tams, and not just Tim Tams, but that thing you just described. It's amazing. Yeah. If you've never tried it, guys, that's your dessert for today. Go and get a Tim Tam and get some coffee or hot chocolates. <laughs> And try that. It's really, really cool. All right. So, your husband, your three kids. When you think of your your hubby, first word that comes to mind and why? And then the same for your children. Adventurous. Jamie Marais is adventurous. He did so for some of you that don't know. He ran Table Mountain 22 times in 28 hours. Sure. And he's done crazy stuff and he's busy with the new project that he's going to do in aid of uh, the rhinos and he, I don't know how he thinks out these things so maybe he got married to me because he thought it's going to be adventure so that's what I thought about that's what I think about when you mentioned Jamie okay cool awesome <laughs> and your children um I've got three kids and and all three of them are completely different personalities. Kayla is an absolute entertainer. That's what I think about. Samuel is Mr. Kind-hearted. He is, yeah, he always takes everybody into consideration. And then Liam, the middle one, he's the, he looks like the eldest, but he's not. He's just the twist. And he's my absolute, yeah, he's my absolute introvert. Um, And um, extremely, his name means determined. And everything he does in life, he is determined to do it. So mm. he plays golf at the moment and he does it to the best of his ability. He's a surfer. He does it to the best of his ability. And, and that's just his personality. Amazing. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and um, your biggest life dream, you know, if you've, I mean, you've been married for, for a long time. You've got this beautiful family. You've got a career. You've got so many things you're busy with. Uh, I'm sure you've learned a lot. What is, at this stage, if, if you had to say, this is what I still want to achieve, this is a life goal that I have for myself, what, what would that be? I would probably, and I'm going to put it out there, I would probably like to have my own TV show. Yeah. Um, because people are amazing beings. I love talking to people mm. because there's always gold that you find in a person. Um. And I feel like part of my calling in life is to bring that gold out of people and to delve and to ask questions um, so that the world out there can see that. 
Beautiful. I love it. And that's so true. You are very good at what you do. And I can totally see you having your own talk show and inspiring people. Yeah. Let's let's pray for that, man. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So I would love to um I would love to have people hear your story. How did you uh, you, you mentioned that you grew up in the Moravian faith background, um, but how has your faith journey been from growing up that way? When was that moment you you decided for yourself this is this is you know your faith you you locking into a relationship with Jesus, and what does that journey look like for you? Yeah, so um, when I was when I was a, a child in a Chokriki, we were basically, uh, you know, brought up in the Moravian church. But at the age of four, my mom, um, and, and this is the vital role of parents in their children's lives. Um, my mom went to a Reynard Bonker um, crusade and she got saved there mm. at that crusade. And... Um, and because she she lived a life that she wasn't proud of, and she didn't want to raise us as two daughters into this life. And when she made that decision, I'm telling you, Heinz, it changed my my children's my children's children, mm. their children's children's whole destiny wow. because of just because of her being obedient, walking forward, and asking Jesus to come into her life. Mm. And I think we underestimate the power of us as moms and dads, choices that we make in life. Absolutely. So I was brought up in a household where there was always worship. Um, and my dad came later and he started following Jesus as well. And my whole life, I remember being at the lighthouse. Um, so I was one of uh, the children that grew up in the lighthouse Christian center in Paro. Um, and I gave my heart to Jesus when I was 12 years old. I remember that evening when Pastor Kotzer said, if anything would happen now in your life where you would be in an accident, do you know that you would have eternal life? And I got up because I was 12. And by that time, you understand what it's all about. And I walked forward and I said, Jesus, I take you into my life. And I've I'm one of those people that were brought up in church. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that because that's your testimony. But God knew that I needed to have a different testimony. Um, and it's, it's, I, I don't look back any other way. I mean, I don't make decisions in my life without consulting God. And at the age of 12, I started being in the worship band, and that's where my love started. The first stage that I ever have been on was at the Lighthouse. And I'm, I'm telling you now, it was an absolute awesome roller coaster. Sure, I can only imagine. And uh, what are some of the. I've got these you know, moments in my faith journey that were defining, uh, that, you know, there's that first decision. But then, you know, life happens. You've, you've got a, uh, and, and, and I, I can hear that you've had a very, you know, godly protected life, which is so amazing and an awesome mom. And, and I, th you know, let's thank God for that. It's amazing. But I'm sure even in your, in your personal journey with God and just with facing life and decisions and stuff, there must have been moments where, where you struggled, you had questions, you read one thing in the Bible and experienced another thing. How did you manage those faith challenges, those 
difficult things life threw at you? Yeah. So there's, there's obviously a few <laughs> of those moments in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and the first one was with... Um, or one of those moments, defining moments, they call it turning point moments in my life, was being uh, pregnant and having a miscarriage at the, uh, I think the baby was about 12 to 14 weeks in between that stage. Mm. Um, and, and at that stage, there was not a lot of people that spoke about miscarriage and what it entails and, and what it does to you as, as the mom and how it affects the whole family and not just you alone. And I remember the morning of that, I was sitting with my Bible and I read um, somewhere in Isaiah, no longer will your children but live for a few days, but will live to die for a hundred years. And mm. that's like a very profound word. And I thought, wow, this child is going to live until he's a, uh, or she's a hundred years old. And it wasn't an hour later and I started having cramps and I knew what those signs were because I had the two little ones prior to that. And when I went through that, I knew that this is, this is like giving birth here, but it's too premature, mm. you know. And I had the miscarriage and it was, I, I don't think, I've, I've never cried so much in my whole entire life. Sure. I cried days and days and days on end because you think that something like that will never happen to you. You know, never. Never will that ever happen to you. Um, and as the time went on, I um, that very next day I needed to go for the scrape. And, but sometimes God comes and meets us in our place of need and we think, that the need that we have or the want that we want is just my own flesh. But sometimes he meets you in a place that he knows that you need in your heart because he's placed that desire in your heart. So with the, with the miscarriage, and I'm going to go a bit on a rabbit trail and then come back. Um, I went to the gynecologist and she said to me, go with your husband on this trip that you need to go to. So we went to um, Johannesburg and it was a Jets and Jules evening. And I, I was like, this is the last place I want to be because I'm so sad. And now, now it's like, all these oppervlakkige people that are talking about diamante and flugtuigen. I'm like, I just need somebody to speak to me mm. and minister to me stage and as I walked in uh, another lady saw me from afar and she our eyes just collided and locked and she came to me and she said to me you're looking beautiful this evening but but your eyes and your heart is looking very heavy are you okay and they I just broke down and sure. cried and I told the whole story mm. but on our way to the journey or to the on the journey Jamie said, say, said to me uh, imagine you win the diamond that they are giving away today. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? What's the chances that that will happen? So that evening later, as you can see where we're going, um, my number was called and my number was 277. Wow. And I knew that this was something from God because it had two, which is double blessing, and seven, which is God's number. Mm. The, uh, the thing that I that was the most beautiful for me about it all 
is that God sees your heartache. He is fully aware of where you are at. Mm. And when I received the diamond, it was in a, a champagne pink bottle with a bullet where the diamond was in. So it represented to me the womb and God saying to me, I see your, your heartache and I, I understand, but this is not just for you. You're not going through this just for yourself. You're going through this to encourage other people. Mm. And about uh, a year or so later, we were married for nine years and Jamie set it in a... Wow. <laughs> me. Beautiful. Um, and that story is not about what I got out of it. That story for me was God so loving us that he would go through so much trouble that the right ticket would get come into your hands so that he, you can know that he sees you. Sure. That's amazing. And then, yeah, and then the other story is we went through a very a tough um, financial stage when uh, my husband lost his job and it took him literally a whole year to find work and he just couldn't find anything. Just tell the guys listening what he does for a living. So Jamie, uh, at that stage, he did a whole lot of marketing and he was for, he, he worked for then for Pinnacle Point and he did the marketing for At the moment, he's now a corporate sales consultant for one of the IT companies here in Cape Town. And um, he's very good with his mouth. He knows how to sell. So that's, <laughs> that's one of the things that he does really well. Um, so he lost his job and I had my, uh, the third baby at that stage. And we got a call on the 1st of April that his boss was murdered and thrown off a building in um, Claremont. And that shook our whole world, really, literally Jeez. and figuratively. And I thought, like, it was an April Fool's joke, like, on the 1st of April. Um, and, you know, you hear about these stories until it comes to your door, until it knocks on your door. Mm. Um, and the first time you realize that I'm not extinct not to go through tough times. And I was reading of Job, uh, the story of Job now the other day. And um, we, uh, Satan went to Job, um, uh, went to God and said, like, this guy I need to try out. Like, he only serves you because of what he can get from you. And mm. God said, go, go and try it and see if that is true. Mm. And, you know, the Job really encourages me because the climate that we are, where we are at at the moment in this climate, we all are experiencing difficult times, you know. Um, but I'm aware that God allows us to go through difficult times because he has a reason. And I don't want this to sound cliche, but for the season, because there's something that he wants to unlock in our hearts with going through tough times. So good. And through a financial difficult time in our life, unlocked a lot of things in my life. Um, unlocked how I trust God. And does he have the best in you know interest at heart for me? And and will he go the extra mile for me? And I remember one morning I was standing in the kitchen with my mop busy mopping the floor because at that stage I couldn't afford somebody to help me clean the house and <laughs> Samuel was probably about two to three months old 
and I was standing in the kitchen and the tears were just running down my cheeks and I just said, God, like, how? Your word says I've never seen the righteous forsaken or at sea begging, begging for bread. I only have 20 rand. Do we buy electricity or do we buy bread and milk for the family? Mm. You know, so what do we do? And um, that same day, we had a knock at the door. So, you know, the song says um, that he's working behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. When you don't even see when you don't even know he's working behind the scenes and at that stage at 10 o'clock in the morning God was working behind the scenes in our neighbor's heart while she was standing in checkers um, and I get emotional because this is how special we are to God and I, I remember Auntie uh, Jo coming knocking at our door that afternoon and she said this morning while I was in checkers, I felt God was saying that I need to make, um, put a parcel together and do some shopping for you guys as a family. And I don't know why. Mm. And I opened the door and God came to meet me at my point of need. Sure. Just there. Beautiful. And it wasn't just for that day. It was for a few days after that. And there's many other stories that I can tell you, Heinz, where um, we needed to pay the bond. And then out of the blue, people will put ten to 15,000 Rand in our account and we don't even owe them money. They, and they just say, we just feel that God said we must bless you. Yeah. And especially this time, I really want to encourage us as fellow believers, as Christians, and say that we need to hold on and trust that God, He works all things together for good. Mm. And like that, in Proverbs that says, um, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and all of your mind and not on your own understanding. So and that good. type of thing that, because our understanding is that mark me sinier doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't, you know. So I, yeah, that's, that's two of the stories that really changed my life in trusting how God would come through for us. Yeah, because I, I think, you know, from my own experience as well, you, know, yeah. you, you have, I think what happens, one of the things that God comes and shapes is I think the way we see Him and experience Him and yeah. the expectations that we put on Him that is based sure. on, you know, cultural reasons, preconceived ideas, whatever it might be. But we expect certain things from Him. And I, the other day I was reading a scripture and I felt God ask me, what do you expect of me? And I want to turn it around and ask you, what do you think I expect of you? And what is more sure. important? <laughs> yeah, and it's a, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. And, and I remember when you guys had a bride at our house, uh, I think it's a couple of years ago now. Um, we should do that again when uh, this whole lockdown yes. thing lifts. But we, we shared stories. And, and it's amazing for me again to hear how similar our stories are. Because we, we also went through a miscarriage. We also had extreme financial hardship. And, you know, our story is similar about how God showed up in a way we never would have expected. But it, it, was, it was about laying down our assumptions, our, you know, things we thought He should be doing. And, and being open to what he was actually busy with. And I think that was a, 
sure, that just opened up my mind to so many things and my heart. And, and sure, your story just encourages me to, to remember those moments and, and to hold fast to them when and similar things happen again. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's so important, Heinz, to remember those moments because it's like in the Old Testament where they build all of these, what do you call that? Uh, altars. Altars. Yeah. This body so that you would remember that, yes. you know. Yeah. So um, good. You, were, you were saying something earlier on about um, what does God expect from us? And I really think that he expects obedience. Mm. Okay. So I want to tell the story and I don't know why, but this is like very recent in my life. It's like Go for it, it happened just Day. So I am busy with something on on the side at the moment, and it's really then it's happening, then it's not happening, and it's and and I know it's going to happen, but I was unsure whether this is what God wants me to do. And um, I was speaking to one of my friends, Karine, and I said to her, "Kissy Karine, ek is nou so gefrustreerd. Wat moet ek doen? You know, mm. what should I?" Do? And you know, as Christianese. Go to the Lord and ask Him what you must do. And that whole evening, um, I was, I literally, every time I wake up, I said, God, what do you want me to do? Is this what you want me to do? And the, Finally, na drie, vier uur is geslaap, besluit ek toe, ek gaan my nou opstaan en ek gaan my nou by die Heere gaan hoor, wat precies is dit wat hy graag wil hee ek moet doen. En ek maak my Bible app, kom daar so een skripgedeelte op, en ek denk toe, ach nee, wat is dit nou die vers van die dag? En dit is Jeremia 29 vers 11, and I've given you a hope and a future. And I'm like, mm. okay, alright. Cool. I sit my Bible, ach, my, my phone near, what my Bible is, want I will distract word and I call my Bible out. I can have you up, Mark, and what book all these scripts is what you get from my will hear for Ochen, can you answer VS? I open it in Mark 4, uh, verse 22, where it speaks, where one of the guys comes to Jesus and he says, um, uh, no, Jesus asked him, will you follow me? Will you follow me? Mm. And he says, yes, I will. But I first need to begrave, uh, I can't bury, bury my father. First need to bury my father and then I will come back. Mm. And, and we all, Jesus' response was, let the dead go bury the dead. And that was such an important word for me to hear at that moment. Sure know that in next week I need to go do something but there's something else that I rather want to do and God is saying so if you want to follow me then I want you then you need to follow me because mm. if you follow me I will follow you and I will follow God, you Sorry. <laughs> and sometimes God just require of us obedience and asking him what is that you know, that he wants of us and he will answer you. Yes. So the message for me today, I want to share with you is if you ask, it will be given. If you knock, he will open the door. And if you, 
if you ask, he answers every single time without fail. You need to become quiet and know that he is God and he will speak right into your life in a way that you didn't even expect him to speak to you, whether it's through the word, whether it's through a song, whether it's through a friend, he will answer you. So good. So true. Wow. That is that is exactly one of the things that I feel so passionate about is that I believe, you know, we, we in, in the church, we sometimes make this mistake of measuring success in life the same way the world measures success. And uh, through, through the last uh, five, six years of our journey, um, one of the biggest lessons I felt God show me is that success equals obedience. That's what he wants. He wants us in relationship to do what he says because he knows best. And he sees everything and he knows what's coming. He knows what shouldn't be happening, what should be happening. And um, when, when uh, it's so funny you said it doesn't make sense that Mark is Sydney because <laughs> when, when I tell my, a big part of my testimony from the last couple of years, that's the heading is, is that Mark is Sydney. It doesn't make sense because when we walk with him, the things he asks us to do typically won't make sense to our natural senses and to other people around us. And people will say, yes, nuts, man. You, you can't do that or you, you should be doing that or whatever. I find the best place to be is close to God, listen to what he's saying and, and bounce things with my wife. There's, there's, yeah. a, there's a balance there. I don't know if you and Jamie do the same thing, but I find there's a, there's a safe balance that comes with doing that. Um, if you talk to too many people, you're going to get too many opinions and get confused. But between God and your spouse, there's a safe space, I find. Absolutely. And that's very important because I, I, especially for me as a strong woman, I would like to run on my own tangent. But there's <laughs> one thing that I've learned in the last 20 years of marriage life is that there's a blessing that comes when you submit under your husband. And I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying there's a blessing even sometimes when your husband's wrong and you still submit. So I'm not going to go on that tangent. We're not even going to speak about that any further. <laughs> but, but there's certain decisions mm. that... That my husband has perhaps made, okay, and I'm, I don't agree, and yes, I would give my opinion, and I would say I don't think that is right, but he, he carries on with whatever the decision is. For me to submit still, I find that God blesses me, mm. um, and especially as a singer and going out on the road and, and stuff like that. I, I speak to Jamie and I say, do you think I should do this? Do I have your blessing? Because if I have his blessing, Macy, <laughs> that's beautiful. But, but it comes, sorry. Yep. Now it comes back to your points about obedience because that's what the word of God says is we each have a role. Wives submit to your husbands. Husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church, laying down his life. There's, a, sure. there's a, a holy, healthy balance in that, that, you know, yes, society and patriarchs in the, in the past have misappropriated that truth. But mm. if we see it for what it is, then there's a healthy balance there. And it's actually a bigger 
onus and responsibility on on the on the husband to Absolutely. to lay down and to and to love well from a sacrificial place um and i mean i believe in a, in a healthy marriage that if a husband leads like that in a christ-like way the wife will automatically want to submit because she will trust the leading so Absolutely. i think that's that's why god made it that way <laughs> so we Absolutely. we have we have spoken about marriage and, I, and I, that actually leads so nicely into my next question and uh and it, it is it is, is a sensitive matter for a lot of people but i think it's especially with what's happening in america and, and what is happening in our nation and have has been happening in our nation I think it's important to have conversations about these things. And, I, and I, for those watching, I did check this question with Rochelle before we had this conversation. But you are in a multiracial or some people would say interracial marriage. Um, what has that been like being in that relationship in South Africa with, with children that are called mixed race or whatever terms people might use? And, and dealing with that, because I know some couples that, that have this situation, it, it's been difficult. And, and how have you been dealing with that and how's God led you through that? So um, this is probably the first time I'm speaking about, about this topic with, on, on a platform like this. Um, but so Jamie and myself, we met at the Lighthouse, like I said earlier on. And when we started going out, we knew that this is going to be offensive, especially back in the days, which was yeah. about 20 years ago. Um, and the, for, for our families, it was difficult. Um, and I understand now why. Because I was brought up out of, in, in, in the time of apartheid, but when apartheid also ended. Mm. So I, I was fully aware of where we're coming from and where we need to go towards, basically. Mm. And uh, Jamie, Jamie's family was very um, oh, open-hearted about it. It wasn't, wasn't even a, a problem at all. My family as well, but it took some time for us to get uh, used <laughs> to this idea. Yeah. <laughs> Of the, the, the multiracial relationship. And now today, life is completely different. It's 20 years later. But I tell you now, 20 years ago, it was very difficult for people uh, to see the two of us walking together, whether it's in a shopping mall. Um, we always had people looking at us and pinpointing. Mm. Um, and you, you can see, oh, da pratele. I think the worst for me was, I, and I never felt discriminated to being married to Jamie from, from people, when we, just as married couple. But when the kids came in, Heinz, sure. mm. <laughs> this for dinge funky geraakt, ek moet sê. So I'm going to share a few stories just here and there. Okay. So moved, uh, we lived in Table View, and we especially chose Table View, um, which is in Bloberg, at uh, close to the coast. For people that don't know, um, and there were a lot of English people, and I found that the English community were more open towards multiracial couples, basically. Yeah. 
But then we decided to move to Durbanville because of the schooling, and we've got great schools right here in the northern suburbs. Um, and I obviously then have to go to the shops with my kids. And the kids are very fair of complexion, so... Uh, like I, I get and I say, "Listen, as here, I don't know not rock, This hair gets goes cruise, and I wear my afro, and I go, and then I have these two little white kids that looks white, yeah. and I've I've had people stopping me in the uh, shopping malls, or or people not stopping me, but like you can hear they talk really loud, like "Where the secret nanny." Um, I think that, and that for a mother's heart, that, Mm. that like breaks you. I've had an incident where I would be in the car, um, not in the car, in the the road. And I would walk with the kids and the policeman that stopped me. How weird is this? I've, I've never told this story ever before, but these things coming up. So let's, let's let's talk about it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, let's talk about it. And the guy asked me, um, and my daughter's like, this is my mom, you know? Uh, and he's like, okay. And then he, and he moved on. And that just showed me the mindset. Mm. And I think it's going to take us many years, many years to come past this stage. Sure. Um, I'm, and my youngest one, you've met him, Samuel, he's very fair and he's got blonde hair. Um, and many times I, you know, I get looked at mm. very weird. Um, like you see, who did he clearly from a Wittgen dan And that's like, you even think something like that. Yeah. Well, how can you even say something like that? Um, so I think even with the whole thing that happened in America, it basically opened a lot of wounds mm. that's still there, that's still not healed. And I'm trusting God that our generation of children, which are mixed, and not just that, but your children, Heinz, and mm. and, and our friends' children, whether it's Emma Adams or Luis or, or whomever, mm. But their children will bring the change of what the nation needs and not just the nation, but the world needs at this current stage. And that God doesn't look at our color. He looks at our hearts. Mm. And that is true. That like he looks at the intent of your heart, not at your outer shell at all. He created us this so that we don't all look the same. Come on. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think he celebrates he, he made us like this for a reason and uh, you know it's these conversations are, are difficult but I, there's a part of me that goes why why is it so difficult you know why in in the church because in the church of Christ why can't we talk about this yeah sorry because because there's still so much hurt when it when it comes to this specific topic mm. and you I want to speak about some thing you don't want to go if i've got a scar okay i've got a scar on my lip but i don't want to actually i don't want to take it off because it it needs to heal mm. so we need to really trust god how how is he going to help us as the church to wise <laughs> the world mm. and to direct the world how to 
you know, come to the end result of healing um, when it comes to racism? How, how are we going to get that? Because I don't have the answer for that at all. Um, but I know that I need to instill certain values and core values into my children. Mm. So the thing that my children are facing is they're not white. They're not colored. You know, they mixed. So where do we fit in? Mm. And having to say to them, we can't, you can't look at life like that. Yeah. Because I think the whole world is mixed, <laughs> according to me. <laughs> at, some, at some point, we're all a cocktail of something. Yeah, it's true. Sure. How, how do you you've you've said now how you how you've experienced being in the public eye with your children, and yeah. that's obviously I mean I can't even imagine. But have they? How how do other kids of the same age treat them at school? Do they have any trouble, or is is the is there in general now a much more enlightened view from kids their own age about these kinds of things? Definitely much more enlightened view of, of children. Um, I think the generation, this generation, G Generation Z, that's what we call them, yeah. they are the guys that are calling those things out. Mm. Um, and that's why I think they've got such an amazing um, calling and purpose for where we're heading. So I haven't had, my kids haven't had kids coming up to them and making fun and bullying them because of them being multiracial. Okay. Not at all. I think just um, in some cases, when it comes to the teenagers and they need to find their identity, where do I fit in? Mm. How do I, you know, who am I? Um, and, and that's, and I don't even have the answers for that. But that's where we are at and we having to walk this road with them now and trusting God to give us the right um, words. And at the end of the day, for me, it is you are you and God's created you for a reason to be and look like this yeah. because there's a purpose. Exactly. And I believe that that my kids, different, all three of them has got different callings on their lives. Mm. And there's they that's in the generation Z, they are the ones that's calling out the things at the moment and asking the questions that needs to be asked. Um, and it's for us as parents to trust God and walk closely with him and hearing his heartbeat, like what is it, Father, that we need to say to them now? Mm. That's so good. I, it's something that's been pressing on my heart for a, for a long time. And uh, it was kind of awakened um, at the beginning of 2018 when I felt led to write that song, It's Time, and did it with Luiso and Neville D. And, and we had some amazing conversations about this. And, and, what I, and, and I kept reading John 17 where, where God, uh, Jesus speaks to the Father and prays for his disciples and those disciples that were to come. And he, he asks about five or six times that they will be one, us, yeah. his disciples will be one, as he and the Father are one. I mean, there is no more intimate relationship than that. That is how he wants us to be one. And then he says something twice, which you know, if the Bible says something twice, you need to pay attention. Jesus says twice, let them be one as you and I are one so that the world will know that you sent me. Wow. 
And that just hit me. I realized one of our biggest evangelism tools is not being used because we are so divided on race, denomination, class, many things divide us in the church. I'm not even talking about people that don't believe. I'm talking about the church of Jesus. We are so divided. And that is actually one of the things that are making people look at us and go, how can you say Jesus came? If this is what's happening. And Jesus says, let them be one so that the world will know that you sent me. I mean, just by choosing to, to be when we, I mean, that's why I, I, I have to talk about salvation all the time, it feels like. Because, you know, I mean, you grew up in a tradition of church. I grew up in a tradition of church and only later in life made a decision to follow Christ and realized that what my parents believe doesn't make me a Christian. Yes. A, a decision and a change, you know, being born again is what makes me born again and a, and a believer in Jesus Christ. And that is a, what happens there is we get a new spirit. And, you know, if, if I could suggest something to say to your children and to, to everyone out there is that if, when you give your life to Christ, the Bible says we become a new creation and we are no longer from this world or of this world. We are citizens of heaven. And that is now our heritage and our identity. And for me, that is what, what has changed everything is to know that God looks at me through the blood of Christ as a new creation. And he created my skin color because he's God and he can decide who looks how. And we should celebrate our skin colors and our, I don't believe that love is colorblind. I believe love celebrates the, the amazing creation that God has made and that we can learn from each other and grow by learning from each other. But he looks at me through the blood of Christ and at the, the spirit man inside of me that he created before the foundation of the earth. And that is who I am. I happen to be white, you know, <laughs> that's, that is what it is. So yeah. you happen to be colored and from Elsie's River. I don't know mm -hmm. where Jamie is from, but you know, wherever uh -huh. he's from, your children okay. happen to be, <laughs> your children happen <laughs> to be mixed race. But if they love Jesus, that is who they are. And yeah. if the whole body of Christ can come together and say, I love you because God loved me first. And he tells me that I need to love him and love you. Then okay. this world can change because what unites us is the love of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit. That is what unites us. Yeah. It's not a call to uniformity. It's a call to unity. Sorry, I'm yeah. preaching in the middle of an interview, but I just, <laughs> I get excited about these things. <laughs> uh, I, we need to end off, but I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation. And I, I thank you for being honest, open, and vulnerable. I really, I appreciate that so much. And I honor you and your husband for that. And I believe that God is, is writing such an amazing story or has written such an amazing story for you guys that you're living out. And it's, it's such a great, you're a beacon of hope for unity in the nation, I believe. And it's, it's so powerful. And uh, just as a, as a last thought, I would love to hear from you. What is your, what is the message on your heart for our nation at the moment, being in lockdown, going through all these difficult things, you know, so much uncertainty, so much fear. What is your message to, to South Africa right now? 
So I did an interview um, about a few weeks ago um, with Greta Ved that will be sh being showcased soon on the Grutenbeek, probably Monday morning. So go look for that. Um, and what I wanted to speak to her about was how do we activate hope mm. in the current climate where we are at? Um, and and how does how does it unlock? How does it become unlocked in our lives, basically? And as I was speaking to her, she mentioned a few things, and I asked. I actually just asked her, "How are you doing?" And she said, "I'm really doing well. I'm just so grateful." And when she said that, I felt God and Holy Spirit saying to me that gratefulness activates hope in our lives. Gratefulness, thankfulness unlocks hope. Mm. Because we were talking about, she was saying that there's a lot of things that's happened in her life and so does a lot of things happen in people's lives. But she's learned to become content where she's at and being thankful for what is around her, that mm. my children's around me, that my kids are healthy, that I'm healthy. And when she said that, I realized that that is the key for, for this moment where we are at. That as soon as we wake up in the morning and we say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm still alive and that, that you still have a plan and a purpose for my life. Thank you that my children are healthy. Thank, and, and you just count your blessings. When you look for gold, you're gonna find it. If you look, if if you look for dirt, you will find dirt. Mm. Message that I would love to leave everybody with today is: Come on, let's activate thankfulness in our hearts. Let's activate. I'm thankful for this platform that you've done, that you can encourage so many other people and activate hope in their lives by listening to other people's story and seeing their, you know, things that they've built and where God has come through. So if he can do it for them, he can surely do it for me, you know. And, and Heinz, that is really where I'm at at the moment and just asking God to help me to be thankful in every situation. Because when I do that, I stop looking for the negative. I stop wanting to have more negative news. I, I actually just want to be thankful and, yeah. I love that. Uh, it, it reminds me of Psalm 100 that says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So if you ever feel like you're not in his presence, just start thanking him. And the, the, the most difficult time to thank him is when things are not nice. And that's also what I've, what I've realized is gratefulness is like faith. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a very hard lesson to teach my children sometimes. <laughs> that, um, but it's, it's, it's what it is. And I once saw the, saw the term great attitude. Have a great attitude. And I, and I realized if I put it together, it says gratitude. So gratitude oh, is, a, is a great attitude. Yeah, I like playing with words, you know. Uh, but but it's, a, it's an amazing way to think. And I, I think that is such an inspirational message. And it lines up with scripture 
and with obedience. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for that. I wanted to tell you earlier there was a... Sorry, yeah, see there. <laughs> I just wanted to mention, if you maybe missed it, there was a lady, uh, Kubashni, that said, I was so broken when I lost my baby. Your story has touched my heart. Thank you. Well, that's, that's amazing. Thank you for reaching out, Kubashni, and, and sharing that with us. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, thank you so much for everyone who logged on today. What a great, what a great talk. What a, what a great message. Thank you, Rochelle, so much. Um, I can you I just before we end off, uh, I would love you to pray for everybody. But before we do that, I would love for you to quickly just tell uh, the guys listening what you are busy with. Uh, you and Neville have a new song coming out. Uh, you've got your show going. Uh, please uh, just tell people where they can check out what's going on in your in your. I've put your Facebook link in this post and also your contact details, so that is there. Uh, but tell us what's happening. What's new? So I'm very excited because Neville D and myself, he actually, I don't know, some people is just amazing when it comes to songwriting and he's one of those guys. <laughs> he, we were doing something for the radio station, Radio Tigerberg, and then he came up with a song and he said, this song is for you, can you sing it? And we recorded it um, on a, a video thing and then afterwards the response was just amazing and we decided let's put it on, let's record it and put it on an album. Um, and that song is going to be released very soon. It's actually going to be released on his birthday. Oh, so watch. Awesome. <laughs> That's so and cool. We've, um, and I think it's such a timely word. Yeah, it's feilig in sy hand. Um, yeah. And it's an awesome Afrikaans song. It's just a chorus. Mike Sefio, the yimmele kom af, wanneer ons dit begin sing. And then we did a video so that's also coming then the 29th of july neville d myself and jared ricketts will be on his show at the lunchtime with jared uh yeah lunchtime with jared ricketts so we will be performing there and then soon i'll be on um cake net and keys uh, jonathan rubain's quirkies quirkies lekker mooi man we're talking about identity and um, self-built awesome. your esteem and how important that is and how God literally just shaped me um, uh, in my life from teenage to where I'm at at the moment. And then there'll definitely be a few concerts that we'll be doing and there's a few talk shows that I'll be doing. So please follow my Facebook page and find out when those are things are happening. Awesome. Go and like her page and uh, yes, up Instagram work now. So people can follow so, you there. And then yeah. uh, there's also, if you want to book her or contact her, there's an email address there for you. Uh, Rochelle, what, before you pray for people, I want to ask you to pray for people. But before you do that, uh, since you mentioned it now, what is your favorite quirky? What's your gunsling quirky? Hallelujah, Hosanna. Hallelujah, Hosanna. Hallelujah, Hosanna. Hallelujah, Hosanna. Yes. I love it. I can tell my winner flies or my yellow life. Beautiful. So good. Rochelle, please pray for everyone that has been watching and listening. And, uh, and then I will end off with a prayer as well. Great. 
Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to be able to um, minister to your people and the people that's tuned in. Lord, you know each one's heart's desire and you know what they are going through. I pray, Lord, that the word that was spoken this afternoon, it won't fall on um, dead ground, but fertile soil, mm. Lord. You'll send the right people alongside their path to help them grow the seed that you have planted in their hearts. Yes, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll cover each one of us under your precious blood, our family members, and I especially pray for Heinz as he's stepping out in his calling, doing that which you have called him for, for a time such as this. That your blood will cover their whole family, Lord. That um, you will give him favor that he wouldn't even know where it's coming from. <laughs> and I pray that you will bless each one that has listened to this talk this afternoon. Indeed, enlarge their territory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Rochelle, for her marriage, for her children, her family her ministry, all the work-related stuff that she does. We thank you for her life, her testimony, and the way that you've blessed her to be a blessing to all of us. I thank you, Lord, that you will keep on blessing her and taking her, her husband, family, and, and ministry from strength to strength and glory to glory. And we just thank you, Lord, that every blessing and promise in your word will be on them and true for them. Thank you for your protection around them, the your wall of fire, your 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 Lord, van Engelen omhullen, and uh, and that you will bless them with the the mighty uh, armor of God to protect every area of their lives. We thank you, Lord, that they are a beacon of hope and uh, true salt and light to this nation. We pray that you bless them and strengthen them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hey. Thank you, Rochelle. Ek waardeer jou so baie. Thank you. Jy moet een awesome dag hier verder. I'm just going to greet the people here and then I'll chat to you just now. Thank you so much, everybody, for uh, for joining us today. I really appreciate you. Um, thanks for the comments. Thank you for everyone who has just, just engaged with this. And what a great conversation. Uh, we've touched on some sensitive things, but I think very important things. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, just want to remind you tonight, my wife and I start the Let's Talk Marriage uh, Seminar, which is a 10-week, once-a-week seminar. We do live on a Facebook group that you can be a part of, and you can click in the link below in the, in the, in the comments, uh, in the post to get to that and get your tickets. It's starting tonight at quarter past nine. Why quarter past nine? Because that's when all our kids are asleep. <laughs> uh, but if you miss that time you can, and you're, or you have bought a ticket, you can go back and watch it anytime you want. So that's not a problem. But with that, I'm going to say thank you very much. God bless you and goodbye. And remember, God's love can unlock anything in your life. He is faithful. He is good. God bless you guys. Bye-bye.